Okay. Are we here? Wait, I don't even know where my show notes are. I don't know where anything is either. <laughs> I actually feel a little <laughs> okay, bit like here. back to when we both had busy lives and there wasn't a pandemic because I feel like everything is just crazy. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> uh, well, hi. Hi. How are you? Oh, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. How are you? I feel like we've talked already today and we didn't even do the hi, how are you conversation. We just did the like, how do we get this recording ready? That's the conversation. I just did. feel like with some people in life, you skip the hi, how are you sometimes because it's just inherent in the conversation. I definitely feel like we're at that level with each other. Yeah. You're a family, Haley, at this point. Oh, your family too. Also, like my extended family has literally adopted you. <laughs> yes. So <laughs> I feel almost like I'm more your family than my family has adopted you into our family. Not that my family doesn't love you. It's but I just feel like your family is so <laughs> welcoming. I feel like I got very special treatment when I was in Iceland with your family. I feel like that was when I felt like family. Mm. Yeah, you just have to come visit it. I told our um, intern. Uh, your acute observation about greetings in Iceland. <laughs> <laughs> yup. I just remember that entire conversation with your family and I don't think they were expecting me to say that. They just lost it. They thought it was so funny. No, I still think about that all the time. I I still... I have something really similar Do you? related to that. Yeah? Yeah, hold on. Let's explain in case we leave this in okay. to the listeners, what my observation is about greetings in Iceland. Okay. I feel like you have to kick it off. Okay, I can tell the You've story. You've had more time to reflect on this. I can I tell the story. I just said it one time. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so listeners, we're, what year are we in? We're like 2017 or something like that. This is years ago. Oh my goodness. Uh, we were, No, it was 20... It was, Abby, it was 2015. It was 2015? Did we know each other? When I was in Iceland? <laughs> wow. How did, yeah. how did you look that yeah. up so quick? How did you know that? No, I know that because I started my current job in 2016. And when I went to oh. Iceland, I wasn't in this job. Oh, so wow. So that's how I know that. Great. Yeah, and we started the podcast in late 2016. So when I was in Iceland, we didn't have the podcast. We were just oh. friends hanging out. Oh, we were just having friends conversations by waterfalls. Yeah. <laughs> and getting lost. Uh, me getting lost. Just derailing Haley. Like, I remember being lost. <laughs> Everyone made I had complete trust in you that entire trip. I was like, no, nah, you you got this. Oh, I went a different road than the recommended road and everyone made fun of me. Anyway, so the story is that Haley came to visit me in Iceland. This was probably like the second time we hung out, isn't it? Like, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, just... no, no. It was the third. The first time we hung out was the time that we met. Oh, right. The second time we that. hung out was when you came to visit me. Yeah. And then, so I guess... I mean, I guess technically it was the second time we hung out, <laughs> if you're not counting the time that we met. Yes. So, um, yeah. So Haley came to Iceland and I had, you know, spent a few days showing her around and we went up to the Northwest to see my aunt and Haley complained that old people don't understand their sharing economy or something. <laughs> oh, the gig economy. <laughs> oh, right. I don't remember that complaint. <laughs> um, and then... It was, I think it was the day before you left. And my grandparents, mm -hmm. who are the best, very generously invited Haley over for some dinner or something like that. And 
she's sitting there with them and we're all chatting. And then my grandfather asks. And your parents were there. No, I don't think that. I think it was just the four of us. I think it was just the two was of us. It? Yeah. I thought your I thought your mom and your I thought like your family was there too. No, no, no. So um, so my grandfather asks Haley. I remember like where we were sitting because I was also just I was like <sighs> these are slanderous accusations. I don't know where Haley is getting this from. And so uh, my grandfather he asks Haley. He's like, so tell me, Haley, um, have you noticed anything interesting? over your days here and your stay here. Is there anything like interesting that's caught your eye or anything you've noticed about the Icelandic people? And he's kind of just prompting her to, you know, say something funny, probably. And then Haley. He's great. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's great. And Haley goes, oh, yeah, um, I, with her polite manners, like she's not making fun of anyone. She's just being very genuine. And she's like, oh, yes, I've noticed that when you say goodbye, it's an Icelandic, it's just bye. Everyone goes like, up a little bit and says like, bye <laughs> And I was like, I looked at her and I was like, I have never heard that in my entire <laughs> life. No one in this country, no one you have interacted with in the last five days or whatever it was, has ever said, bye <laughs> And I was so like confused and baffled and like slightly maybe a little offended yes <laughs> not even a little just i'm still offended <laughs> i'm still it's been it's been many years six years six years and i'm still offended by this and i i am upset about this and my grandfather starts laughing my grandmother starts laughing and everyone's like haha what a delightful observation <laughs> and then we're leaving and i'm saying goodbye to my grandparents and I hear myself go like, bye <laughs> And yeah, and then everyone cracked up because clearly this is just something that is so ingrained that people say that no one even notices that we say it. That's yeah. the story. Do you have yeah. any additions to this account? No, I remember that. I remember that being one where I was like, oh, yeah, I find it really funny how you all say bye. Like, you know, that's so cute or like something like that. And it was just like immediately like, no, we don't. And then I remember that that like we're leaving and you go bye. And I was like, I turned and looked at you and I was like, this is the moment. Abby. And so I remember that one. I remember my other observation was the inhale, the speaking yes. on an inhale. Like, I don't speak when I inhale. <laughs> and like some other people that I have met in my life, most people <laughs> don't speak on the, the inhale. But for people in Iceland, I was just constantly hearing people saying like, yo, hey, <laughs> like just like on the inhale. And I was, I was like, this is hilarious. I don't say things on the inhale. Yes. So this is like a known quirk that we have. The bio yes. was a complete surprise. And was a complete surprise. The the funny thing about that as well, it was like, like I thought to myself, I was like, okay, maybe I'm just kind of cutesy, you know, so I do it. But then I was on the phone with my dad and we're talking and he's like telling me that things like, yes, yes, you know. And then my dad goes, all right, bye all. <laughs> like, no, it's infiltrated everything. Everyone does it. Oh my gosh. But yeah. I appreciate that you've had six years to reflect <laughs> on being offended and also the continual, like, this is just continually happening was, in your life six oh, years later. 
I still hear it, Haley. I'm still like, <laughs> I told our in- yeah, that's, I I told our intern this story, and he thought it was hilarious, and he he was like leaving to get lunch or something, and he was like, bye. <laughs> and he's not Icelandic. That's the funny part. Yeah, yeah, he's from France. So, um, yeah, so this is not a French greeting. The inhale thing, though, that is known. And there is like, you can Google things about that. And especially like when you're listening to somebody else talk, you do the like, yo, yeah. And you can do different tones. And that is like, if something's really shocking, you're like, oh, like, yo, that's how you do it. I feel like. We should just jump right into the other thing we wanted to talk about with Iceland. Not that this was something that we wanted to talk about with Iceland. I've just kind of thrown this into the episode. Okay. We did have an official thing we wanted to talk about. Um, I thought it would be funnier to go straight into the funny follow-up, but I'm okay to go. Let's do it. (laughs) It was so funny because we were we were coordinating the like the last episode release. And on that morning I'd met someone for coffee and I did get this screenshot in the Slack from Haley and she's like no context, just like a screenshot of the date. And I'm like, oh, I think October snuck up on Haley, but I didn't say anything. <laughs> and then you were like, why is this episode coming out in October? How is it October? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's October. Anyway. I, yeah, you welcomed me. You were like, welcome, which I thought I appreciated. I don't usually get welcomed into a new month. So that was fun. <laughs> yeah, I think because we were planning the episode to come out that week and we were also planning that episode to come out in September, but then Friday just made the most sense. And yeah. And then I just said, like, when the when the heart of the week is in September, I think you can make the day September. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. More than half of the week was September. Yeah. So it counts as September. <laughs> yeah. And I, I suggested to Haley that like maybe weeks weeks should line up with the months. <sighs> Which they should. Like, why don't all months. Why aren't they all the same day? Like, I just don't, I just don't understand. So this has become an issue for me because now I'm tracking the age of my daughter in months, <laughs> but you also track it in weeks. So at one point she was four weeks old, but she wasn't yet one month old because a month is a meaningless unit of time that has no real set number of days in it. So she can be four weeks, but not one month. She can be eight weeks, but not two months. Actually, she's almost definitely going to be, you know, and it's just like, it's so meaningless to me. Why do we have all these months that are all different lengths? And I personally am just on team shorten every single month to 28 days so that every week would end and start on the same day. Like if it's a Monday, then the month always starts on a Monday and then add a 13th month. I really don't think that I'm asking for a lot here to Mm -hmm. upend the entire global calendar system, but I just really think our current system doesn't work. I have a lot of strong opinions about this. (laughs) Uh, Not obviously in charge of enough things to add a 13th month and make all of the months only 28 days, but that's that's where I'm at in my heart. <laughs> Maybe we should just launch into, you know, I mean, there are already like empirical units and metric units. So maybe we can just launch the our own month system because there would be no problems yeah. by operating on your own month system. I, I, I can't foresee any issues at all. I think it would be totally fine. Really feasible. Really feasible. Seems really feasible. Yeah. We also skip, uh, what is it called when you change the clock? Oh my goodness, daylight savings. Daylight savings. We and just skip that and there won't be any problems related to that either. <laughs> it would just all be totally uh, fine. <laughs> no, yeah. yeah. 
this the whole system needs a refresh and no one's going to do it because there are obviously other global priorities not to mention not just right now but just in general there are obviously other global priorities but if ever for some reason i am given the power to change our entire system over to a 13 month 28 day system yeah you better believe i would you better believe i would i would do that vote for haley go to town for that <laughs> Yeah, this is my entire campaign. <laughs> Great. I love it. Just fixing months. Fixing months. Love it. I, yeah, you get my votes. I vote for Haley. For, I mean, I would vote for you to be some kind of administrative planner of some kind that is just like, here are all the rules. Here's how the time zones work. Here's how the daylight saving time work. And here is how all the weeks and months and stuff works. And everybody just follow Haley. I would trust you with that responsibility. I appreciate that. I would be like an operations manager for the world. <laughs> Done. Okay, next. <laughs> Chief operations officer, Earth. That's <laughs> yes, I love that. That's my future career path. Can you get that name cards printed with that title? Who's going to deny you that title? I feel like you can just take that title. I don't know. You can just do that. Yeah, I'll just, if I put it in my Twitter bio, is it official or do we need any other? real things to happen i feel like name cards would be great name okay. cards yeah so when you okay. just hand people i had this speaking of the icelandic people because i know everyone's obsessed with that my boss he did the thing where he had like a minorly funny bio you know for his name cards yeah and then yeah. and then he went on a conference to germany and, oh. <laughs> and they were all like what is this title you have <laughs> <laughs> and he, he had to get new name cards printed. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh, that's so. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> All the love to our German listeners who are in the top category for number of listeners. Yep, uh, it was just a delightful cultural because I feel like Iceland is on the far other end of this spectrum. Because like I wouldn't want mm -hmm. printed name cards with like a quirky title because I have worked. In the UK, for example, I don't know how well it would work there, but I just feel like Germany is on the other end of that spectrum <laughs> where they were like, I don't follow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's yeah. so funny. I'm just looking it up quickly. So Germany is very close to Iceland in terms of our listener stats. So 4% of our listeners are in Iceland and 3% are in Germany. Yeah, Germany is closing in on the Iceland. It would be weird for me if Iceland is no longer in the top four. So, but it's a very real chance that will happen sooner or later. We'll see. I mean, there's only so many people in Iceland that we can <laughs> that we can have on the on the show. But like listening to the show, that's true. The first three, by the way, for anyone curious, we've gone over this before. But quickly, the first three are the U.S., the U.K., and then Canada, mm -hmm. and then Iceland, and then Germany is and quick. then Iceland. Then might Germany. be overtaking us. And then Portugal. Nice. I'm going to Portugal soon. Yeah, That's a side note. Okay. Mm -hmm. We have very important follow-up uh, that relates to your shenanigans. I'm writing this all on your bill. This uh, is not all me. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What is the piece of follow-up? Um, it has to do with the PAT homework we had and all the PAT updates. We <laughs> is a strong word there. I would say you <laughs> oh assigned all that homework. <laughs> I don't I don't recount that. I think I don't know. What who knows who remembers what happened on these recordings? I don't. So it's in our show notes, so it's come from I think we have the evidence. Yeah, so it's just both of us. Um 
So, but you did the very scientific, I might add, surveying of our listeners. Very scientific. Uh, yes. Because wait, what was it that we wanted to find out? Can you remind me? Because we've established, I don't remember these things. I mean, there were all sorts of things that we wanted to find out. I think the homework that you had assigned was asking folks to take a photo of of the Make Work Work logo with their pet. Right. And you had asked people if they have a hamster, if that <laughs> hamster had a mini functional treadmill, and if it didn't, why not? And then we ended up speaking about the breakdown of pets of do Make Work Work listeners have more cats and dogs? And yeah. I bet on cats. You bet on dogs, but your heart wanted to bet on cats. So oh, and then now it's just time to see. The, the heart, now I remember this, the heart of the matter was I thought Make Work Work listeners have more pets than the average. That was my bet. Oh, okay. That was your bet. And then my bet was they would be cats. Yeah. So shout out to Brienne, who like must have just immediately listened to the episode and then DM'd us on Twitter and was like arriving for the <laughs> pet poll to vote for dog. Um, so I really appreciate that. So I, have, I haven't looked at these results yet. I kind of put this up and I was in the middle of a bunch of other things and then I haven't looked at the results. So we thought it would be fun to do it on the show. Yeah, let's do it on the show. I also have some thoughts, but you, you lead us there. Okay, so the first question I asked is, do you have pets and... 69% of people said yes. So 31% said no. Okay. And then do you have more than one kind of pet? And 23% of people said yes and 77% of people said no. Mm-hmm. Which makes these next ones a little easier. Oh my gosh. If you only have one kind of pet, do you have a dog or cat is 50-50 exactly. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> so that one's tied. Um I asked if you have many pets, what's the breakdown? So most people, it's dogs and cats. Right. And Wait, did you say oh, it's 50-50 between cats and dogs from our listeners? Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's really interesting. Yeah. And then the people that have, do have multiple pets, they it's generally they have cats and dogs, like they have both. And then one person mentioned fish. I also have fish. <laughs> and then I asked, do you think Make Work Work listeners have more cats or dogs, mm-hmm. and most people said dogs. 54% <gasps> said dogs. It's close, though. It's close, though. And then the only the only poll that was unanimous, if you have a hamster, <laughs> does it have a mini treadmill, was 100% no. <laughs> I feel like that question so. is already asking two things, because that's not asking if hamster owners have a treadmill for their hamster, because everyone who doesn't have a hamster can't answer that question accurately. So... Exactly. We we would have needed that to be a two-tier question. <laughs> One, do you have a hamster? And then if you do, does it have a treadmill? So I feel like it's inconclusive. We're working with Instagram story <laughs> polls here, okay? This isn't like, I'm not setting up survey logic on the back end. This is the best that we can do. I mean, I'm glad. I am taking this as none of our listeners have a mini treadmill set up for their hamster unless someone wants to come forward no. with other proof. I'm a little bit disappointed we don't have a secret hamster listener amongst us, but it just goes to show we have to grow the show, Haley, a little bit more. <laughs> so <laughs> we have to expand to reach an audience of hamster owners. Now you get it. That would be exactly. an interesting marketing campaign. <laughs> it's like, do you have a hamster? <laughs> Let's do this podcast. You don't what even. <laughs> I'll run ads on like 
on like hamster searches, like accounts that follow <laughs> hamster accounts on Instagram. Also, please show them the Make Work Work Instagram account because it's totally related. <laughs> to be and honest, like, I'll run like Google ads. If someone searches for hamster mini treadmill, our ad will pop up and we'll listen to the show. <laughs> Can we do that? Can we buy that ad? I, I would be happy. We can't buy that ad. <laughs> okay. And, I, and technically, I don't really need them to listen to the show. I just need them to respond to the poll. Oh, just let us know about your mini treadmill journey. Yeah. It's, lifestyle choices. This is not our strategy to grow the podcast. This is just information. <laughs> okay. But I have some interesting findings. Can you remind us what was the... Because my thesis was that more Make Work Work listeners have pats than than the average. That was my thesis, right? Yeah. And what was the breakdown of that again? 69% of people said that they do. 31% don't. 69. Okay. So what's really interesting is I did some research into this and I found some numbers. And according to National Pat Owners Survey conducted by the American Pat Products Association, the APPA. Have you went deep, y'all? <laughs> it says that 67% of U.S. households own a pet, so it's very close there. Mm. But then I immediately, I thought I was actually, I thought that was a really high number. So I did some <laughs> further digging because never trust a statistic, people. This is a lesson. So turns out this is a controversial figure. And the American Veterinary Medical Association reports that 57% of households has pets. 57? Yeah, 57. And this, hmm. but then I thought, mm, that's a little bit US-centric, which, you know, is fine. But also, as we've now hopefully had the breakdown, not everyone who listens to the show is in the US. So I also just thought it was really high. And so I did some more research. And in the UK, <laughs> sorry, this needs to all be out there. In the UK, the number is 59%. And then, mm. yeah, so I so I actually think Americans, they just have a lot more pets than the average, which I didn't know that. I would support that. I would support that thought. Yeah. Yeah. I'd never thought about it. But like, as soon as I started, I was like, that actually totally makes sense. Because in America, I see just dogs everywhere. And all the dogs are so well behaved and they know how to play with each other and everything. Yeah. I mean, compared to in Iceland, dogs are banned in a lot of places. So you just don't see a lot of dogs in the same way. Just straight up dogs. Not even like a breed. Just like all dogs are banned. Yeah, like in shops and restaurants and stuff. Like you don't see dogs like there. Huh. So. Oh, I see. You mean the, the, you need like the dogs that are out. Yeah. In the US. Yeah. And in Canada. That's cool. So that was interesting. So in the UK, yeah. the number is 59%. And then in Germany, it's. 47%. Hmm. And then in Iceland, sorry, I don't have Canada. Uh, there's a limit to how deep I can go. <laughs> um, there is 39% in Iceland. Okay. So that's why I think I thought, now my assumption also makes sense because I thought it would be way more from the Make Work Work listeners because I feel like I've seen so many listener paths. But that is also basic, based, yeah. probably based on my Icelandic slash UK perspective, where just not as many people have pets in general. So, yeah. Yeah. I totally feel like there's a cultural thing in terms of like the US having, mm -hmm. first of all, there are tons of suburbs in the US. Suburbs are a great place to have pets because yeah. you usually have like a big backyard and 
your neighbors have pets. That's how I've made all of my friends in this neighborhood is through walking ah. the dogs. Like, I don't think I would have friends if I didn't have <laughs> the dogs. That's good. And uh, yeah, so that is really interesting. Thank you for going really down that rabbit hole on this data analysis, Abby. <laughs> I mean, I was fascinated by it. I found it really interesting. So <laughs> I'm not going to bore people with more numbers. Well, maybe I will, but... <laughs> <sighs> But I was just really, I was really interested in this. So um, yeah, if anyone has any more thoughts on like pet ownership, I thought, I also just thought the split between the countries was really, really interesting. But bottom line, Mm. I was correct because we're just over. Bottom line, (laughs) I was correct. (laughs) Yeah, make work quick listener. It's just over the higher estimate of the US, uh, US estimate. So. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'll give you that one. And then I was. I guess I am like stuck because I thought people had more cats and it's just even between cats and dogs. So I love that it's even though. What? That makes me so that happy. It, it is beautiful that it's even. It is beautiful that it's even. Also, so. fun fact on the split, because I, I did go down this rabbit hole. In US, <gasps> UK and Iceland, dogs is the most common. But surprisingly, in Germany, cats are the most common. See, this is just, I think it's all cultural. It's so fascinating. Mm-hmm. Okay, but we can we can now draw a line in the sand and <laughs> not just do pat ownership analysis for the rest of the show. Yeah, no. Okay. Closing off. That <laughs> Even though I find it so interesting. If anyone has more information on this, please just send it to me and I will enjoy it privately. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Yes. We have more Iceland updates to share. Well, Next. this is actually more data analysis. So I guess we now have just like a happy data corner portion of the show. Uh, you can have a data corner portion of the show. And you know what? This isn't news on Iceland. This is really an update on us. Yeah. And then Iceland is just involved. Right. I feel like... Heavily. What was the question you had with it? Well, first we need to share this news, which we've shared in a couple of different places, but just like to officially share what we're talking about here. Mm-hmm. Uh, make work work made it to the number one careers podcast on the Apple charts, the iTunes charts in Iceland. Yeah. Which is just incredible. That's so So cool. we made it to number one. Mm-hmm. And then we dropped back down to number 25. And then we and then we jumped up to number four. And so we're looking, this is not like all podcasts in Iceland, but this is all podcasts that have the career tag in Iceland. And I just, you figured this out, Habby, and you sent me this screenshot. Mm-hmm. I just have so many questions about this journey. Like, how did you figure this out? What happened for you to get the screenshot? I think you got the screenshot when we were at number 25. So you took that one. Yeah. You didn't end up finding another one. Yes. Okay. So I I understand why I have a question now because there's, it's not, yeah. Let me just explain how it all came about and clarify a couple of things. So, um, Yes, we made it to number one in careers on Apple Podcasts in Iceland, which is very exciting. Yay. And I shared screenshots and we shared them on Twitter and in, I don't know, remember exactly where, but in a couple of places, like Haley said. And uh, the th- where how I found out about it is that I am subscribed to email updates from a product called Chartable. Mm. And they basically just track it for me. Um, I think charts is something that is like something that is easy to get caught up in and like it's not necessarily the main metric you should care like it's fun to hit number one because it's like a milestone but I think these are the type of things you can obsess over it and that's not super healthy but we don't do that 
but I do have this email subscription to this chartable. So weekly, I get an email that just tells me the chart positions of Make Work Work. Um, yeah, so that's that part of it. And then I feel like I have to explain a little bit how the charts work, because for Apple Podcasts, and I think just podcasts in general, the charts work based on markets. So there's its own charts in Iceland and there's its yeah. own charts in Germany and all the other different countries. So, yeah, which totally makes sense because then you give more shows the opportunity to chart and that's exciting. So, yeah, so I get emails, but you only chart when you're in the top 200, I think. I think that's how it works. Oh, OK. And so I only get updates when we brush into the charts and we actually have. You know, it's not super exciting to be like, oh, we were 116th in Canada or something. But we have touched the charts in Canada and in the UK. I don't think we have in the United States. There's obviously just so big. There's so many here. Yeah. And in Iceland. And, you know, it's very exciting. I don't particularly pay attention to it, but it's just nice to see it. And then it was very exciting because I got the email <gasps> and I was like, does that say number one? And... <laughs> I was like, suddenly now that has meaning because it's super cool to be number one. And so I did a little digging and yeah, it turns out. So just to explain the categories a little bit, because there is business and then there's careers. So we were number one in careers. But then, as I understand it, I could be wrong. Uh, there's a second categorization that's called business. And as I understand it, careers is a subcategory of business. Yeah, that sounds right to me. Yeah, so we reached number one in careers, which is like under the business section. So we didn't reach number one there. Um, and then when I saw this, I did a little investigating and we had dropped down to fourth place when I was looking at it. Uh, so I didn't get the screenshot of us at like number one. Um, the only charts I could find, because they don't separate out within the platform, careers even though we reached number mm. one in the careers but they do have it for business so by the time i was looking at it i was looking at the business charts which is like the bigger category and at that time we were number tw 25 in the business category which is the bigger category oh yeah that is a bigger category yeah so i don't actually know where we peaked in the business section i don't i don't think that was the peak for us in business because i wasn't paying attention to it but uh, nonetheless, super exciting and super cool to see the Make Work Work logo in the charts. That was cool. Yeah. Yeah, that is really cool. That was definitely a moment where, you know, it's something that, yeah, we haven't been working towards being on the charts or anything like that. But then seeing it actually happen is is just really cool. Like mm -hmm. it's, yeah, it's just nice to see it happen. And I pulled it up. So business is the category. Careers is one subcategory. And then the other subcategories of business are entrepreneurship, investing, management, marketing, and nonprofit. Right. So that is very, very cool. Yeah. I just wanted to talk about that because I'm thrilled <laughs> that it happened. I just yeah. think that's really cool for something that we're not paying attention to. And just uh, thank you to listeners in Iceland for listening and getting us on those charts. Yeah. And I also just, I feel because when we talked about how we updated our bio and our branding a little bit, we talked about how we re-emphasized the careers portion of what we talk about. And that came in part because we were like 
grouped into the careers portion of the charts. And mm. I think at least for me, that's when I kind of realized I was like, I, yeah, that is what we talk about. So it, it was yeah. just a better fit to be in that category. So for me, it's also just nice because if you say number one in careers, I feel like it's also it tells you something about the show that to me is just descriptive. I don't know. I really like it. It was cool to uh, hit that milestone. It was cool. It was cool. And of course, thank you everyone in Iceland who listens. That is super fun. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Icelandic listeners. <laughs> oh, okay. Thank you for elaborating on that. I feel like I had a lot of questions and this all makes more sense to me now. Great. Are all your questions answered? Yes. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. Or, yo. <laughs> no, you totally. I'm going to overdo it. You just did it in like, a, it sounded like Darth Vader. <laughs> <More like that. laughs> I'm like also like, yeah, I'm just not used to doing stuff on inhale. <laughs> yo, yo. You, you ha- <laughs> yeah, you're getting there. You're getting there. You're progressing. Progressing. But it has to be naturally. Oh, you can't be like, wait. <gasps> yo. Pause. <laughs> like that. It, kind of, it shouldn't take so long. Okay, that kind of ruins it. <laughs> yeah. That kind it of should just be it. like, yo. And then you're like, oh, yeah, oh my gosh. they really agree with me. <laughs> this episode of Make Work Work is brought to you by Board. I've worked remotely for nearly six years now, and I've often had people ask me how on earth I feel connected to my colleagues when we all work remotely and we just aren't in person together. The answer is that we spend conscious time connecting with one another. One way to do that is to play games together, which is exactly what our sponsor, Board, offers. Board is a suite of free games for remote teams on Slack. Board has everything from trivia, icebreakers, two-minute breaks, and lots more. Board games are good whether you're onboarding new employees, having a stand-up meeting, a quick water cooler conversation, grabbing a donut during a virtual coffee, or having a Friday happy hour. Board will take you on a journey of memes, funny gifts, and the best pop culture quizzes. We installed it on the Make Work Work Slack, and it was so easy to get up and running immediately. To learn more or to get started now, go to board.social. Now, back to the show. Let me clear my throat before I start talking about this. This is a tone switch we have to do here. Yeah. So I was just looking up the exact date, and it was just over three years ago that we published episode nine, Make Work Work Work, (laughs) which is an episode where we sort of accidentally started talking about imposter syndrome and in in the previous episode. And then in that episode, we we sort of tackled it intentionally rather than accidentally. And it's just so, so interesting to me because when we did the last episode, imposter syndrome came up and you, Habby, you said... I don't even have imposter syndrome anymore. And we sort of talked about this months ago in the Slack channel when you started your new job. Also, we started talking about imposter syndrome and like starting a new role. And I think we had both really had that moment of so much of this feels a lot better than it did back then. I can't believe it's been over three years now. Yeah. That we last had that conversation. So it feels like it's time to have that conversation again because so much has changed for us. And if we're both feeling so much better about imposter syndrome, maybe we can like fill in some blanks for how we got here for our listeners. Yeah, that sounds really nice. It was funny because it was one of those where like I just heard myself say that. I feel like I, I didn't know that's what I felt like, even though I did mm-hmm. do that kind of 
we just had a private conversation in our Slack about like a little bit of stream of consciousness imposter syndrome. But then on the episode, I literally just heard myself say that. And I was like, wow, that seems like a really big, really big marker of just progress, I guess. Um, yeah. Yeah. But what's the best way to tackle this? Do you want to tell me what about it resonated with you or? Yeah. So one of the things that you had said in Slack that was really interesting as you mentioned like the tasks that get assigned to you are well within the scope of what you can do and there's this sort of sense that you have that even if you haven't done this exact thing before you understand what needs to happen and that's all still pretty clear mm -hmm. I thought I thought that was really interesting because I have felt really similarly lately I'm doing a couple of new things in my role and just like sort of helping out on the marketing team in different areas where I hadn't been helping out before and even though I haven't been working in that specific field for a really long time I still feel like oh yeah I can totally do this I, I'm not feeling I think earlier in my career if it had been like oh we need you to help out a little bit with content I would have probably been like okay this is huge and I would have spent a lot of time like thinking about how I was going to approach it and trying to figure out what on earth I was going to do. And I feel like, you know, one of the things I'm helping out with is a little bit more content on on the work side. And I'm just like, oh yeah, I can absolutely do this. And I have a lot of experience that isn't directly related to work mm -hmm. because I haven't been working on our content a lot, but I still feel like it's like well within the scope of what I can do. So I thought that when you said that, that really resonated with me too even more recently, even though you said this like you said this like months ago. But I thought that was an interesting that was just a neat way to look at it. Yeah, it's it's really weird. I've been thinking about this a lot and trying to figure out what's the best way to explain it. But I just feel like maybe it's just because I know like when you're younger, you don't necessarily know what the result is gonna look like. Like you don't know what is a good result. You don't know what is a bad result. You don't know what it's gonna like, I feel like when you're younger, it's really easy to get lost in the details and the details can take really long and then you're focusing on the wrong thing and you don't know what a good outcome looks like. Mm. But I, I, I feel like that there's just more certainty, like for any given task, even if I haven't exactly done it before, like I know what the outcome looks like and I, it's like I can see more clearly what are the steps and like the important steps, like what are the things I have to focus on to get it done? So maybe it's just, there are not as many like detours and like especially perfectionist detours that I could have mm. easily gotten lost in. I, it's just, I don't know, it's hard to articulate it. And I'd be super curious to hear like if anyone else relates to this. It was really because listeners, it sounds like I wrote something really <laughs> profound the way Haley explained it in the Slack, but it was honestly such a stream of consciousness. Just I didn't stop writing and then Haley was like, oh, I resonate with these things. So yeah, I'd be curious to hear if anyone else can relate. It's hard to articulate, but like, and I feel especially in marketing and PR and event management and those type of things, for some reason, just the tasks that need to happen are just very clear to me. Even if I'm doing an event I haven't done before, or even if I'm doing the press for something I haven't done before. Oh, maybe that's a good way to look at it. Like when I started doing PR, I hadn't worked exactly in PR before. But I feel like all of the parameters were really clear to me. Like I knew I had to establish yeah. relationship with journalists. I knew I had to identify the media that made sense for us to get coverage in. I knew what a press release was supposed to look like. I knew what getting coverage looks like. I know 
what works on the internet. Like I know you need something that is enticing or interesting. Like you can't just describe something that no one cares about and expect uh, media publications who live on clicks to pick it up. Like you have to find like what is what is juicy from their perspective. And even if I hadn't exactly done exactly that before, for some reason, probably just, you know, years on Twitter, <laughs> you know, <laughs> but for some reason, just the parameters of it were really clear to me. And I think that just comes with experience. But like, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if you find the same because you're saying you're also doing slightly different things in your role. But like you're saying, like content, you know what content is supposed to look like, right? Yeah, I think that you hit spot on. I was thinking like, I feel like experience is a part of this. I feel like maybe I had more imposter syndrome when I had less experience or also the other thing that that has happened, like in addition to having experience with the hard skills that I have, I also just have more context and experience at this one company. Like I've stayed at the same place for almost six years now. Mm -hmm. So there's also like that experience of like, I just know how our company operates and things like that, which helps a little bit with confidence. And I feel like that makes me feel a little bit less of imposter syndrome. But yeah, I had very much the same thing. And I think you might be right in terms of some of these things are all just a little bit similar. And once you've done a couple of them, it's sort of things more click, like not to downplay anyone's role at all, but just in, in terms of like, it's easier to wrap your head around them when you've like sort of lived in the vicinity of these things for a long time. So I have not been running content at my work, but I have been managing one of our smaller publications and I've been running, you know, what we do at Make Work Work is, you know, we're publishing content and I published my own content. And so even though I've never, you know, run a content system as large as the one that I'm working on right now, I still feel like I have enough experience that it wasn't really daunting to me to take that on. Mm -hmm. It was more just like, okay, let's get started. Like I know exactly where I want to start. And I think the other thing too, that I'm aware of a little bit more at this place in my career is that I'm aware of my blind spots or my weaknesses and I'm not, yes. I'm not like ashamed of it. I feel like it used to be something early in my career that I would have been like really hard to admit, oh, well, I don't really know about that. But now I feel like I'm really upfront with people. Like I'm like, hey, I'm diving into this with what I have just read about SEO. SEO is not my strength. So mm -hmm. I'm doing the best that I can here. If you know more about this than me, please let me know and I will go in a different direction. Like, you know, this is like, that's a real example from something I'm doing this week where I'm working with SEO and that hasn't been something that's been on like at the forefront. So I'm not saying that like, oh, magically by doing PR for the last six years, like I totally just understand SEO and I'm like an expert at it. But I think I can wrap my head around it in a way that makes it possible for me to do those tasks mm -hmm. and makes me less just sort of like nervous about taking on that role. So like just being really highly aware of my blind spots and my weaknesses and not being scared of that. And just like, even I'll bring it up in meetings. Like I'll be like, Oh, I can take that on. This isn't a strength of mine, but just so you know, um, you know, I'm happy to tackle this just so you know, it might be like a little bit of a blind spot for me. So feel free to give me feedback on that. Yeah, I think you hit so perfectly on that. I feel like I say at work all the time, I'm like, like, let's find someone to do this because that's outside. I feel like it's not even a weakness or a blind spot. It's just not a skill I have. And it's it almost comes yeah. from the other way, whereas maybe it's because now we've met so many different people and worked with so many different people over the years. We recognize when when someone is just better at something than we are. And we're like, great, I don't have to do that. <laughs> Why and I actually think like the way you and I work together is like... Uh, We've probably been become better at that 
from working with each other because we are so good at being like, you're way better at this than I am. <laughs> Why don't you do all that stuff? Yeah. And and yeah, I, I do this at work all the time. I'm like, great, can I hand this off to someone? You do that. Great, are you better than I am at this? You do that. And now, like, because we work with so, so, so many collaborators and sometimes on, you know, documents like press releases and things like that, I always just say, like, you are incapable of hurting my feelings. <laughs> you know, whatever <laughs> change you make to this press release, like, my self-worth is not tied to that word being, like, on that page there. Like, I don't, like, I just want yes. it to be good and I just want it to be done. I don't, like, my ego is not attached to it in any way. I'm just like, yeah, let's just all get this done. If you have something that's better, let's just run with that. And, yeah, I think this, like, identifying where you don't have the full context is just so helpful because you can just say it in conversation. You can be like, you have a better perspective than I do. What do you think? What? Do, where do you think we should go with it? Yeah. I don't know where this comes from that early in my career, I thought I had to know everything to be like justified to be in the position that I was in. It's like very much the opposite. And I don't know, I just feel like the more experience that I have, the more comfortable I am with owning up to like, these are the areas that I don't know enough and these are the areas. I think maybe that's what it comes to like, and then there are areas that I feel really strong and confident in that I'm like, no, I I feel this is the correct direction here or like I would do this based on all of my experience. But you hit on something too that I find really fascinating. So I do the same thing. When I give something to someone for feedback, because I find it makes it easier when you say this, you just say, hey, like tear it apart if you want to. Like if you see something and you're like, this is terrible, like just tell me, I am going to be okay. And the there was a buffer value. We've sort of like adjusted our values at work mm -hmm. over the years. But one of the earlier values was be a no ego doer, which is like don't attach your ego to the things that you're doing because there are other perspectives and you could be wrong and you might not have all of the context on this. And so another direction might actually be better. So if you like really attached yourself to this one direction, then you could end up, you know, like causing more harm than good overall with the product or with the end result, because you're so tied to it as a part of your identity rather than letting it be its own thing. Yeah. And I think that might be another thing too, is just like, I don't tie my own self-worth and my identity to my job, I think in a way that maybe I did before. I also think not to not to a single piece of content you're producing at your job. You know, I think that's the key. Of, yeah. I think we get like, of course, we get a part of our identity from our work, especially people like you and me, Haley, like definitely. <sighs> but but like not an individual tweet, which is hilarious, given how often we added our tweets back and forth. Oh my gosh. But, yeah. but still like... And I've noticed this with myself, even like I used to, like if I had a typo in a tweet, I would like delete it and post it again or correct it. And now I'm just like, I notice it. And I'm just like, it's there. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's such a, but I think when you're, and I think this comes as well from like recognizing the scope of the project, like holding everyone up for two hours because of a typo, sometimes, like sometimes the speed of the project matters more than those little details but when you're younger first of all any given project you're working on is a higher percentage of your overall career you know <laughs> if you've only yeah. worked on one press release that's like a hundred percent of the press releases you've worked on but if <laughs> it's number 100 or something like the success and the failure of it it's not it doesn't represent like your whole career so i think that when you're younger first of all it's like every project seems bigger because you've just done fewer things. But then the second thing is that like, you don't know necessarily what 
what the results look like. You don't know what the scope looks like. You don't like, so you have to track everything. You have to make sure everything is okay. Even like with the episode releases, I feel like when we first started releasing episodes, I was like, okay, I'm keeping a super close eye on everything and making sure everything is perfect. (laughs) Then we don't like, we didn't say super offensive thing on the show and we don't have to take it down and upload again or something. Not that I think we would. But now I'm just a little bit like, oh, you know, I'll check Twitter in a couple hours. <laughs> <You know? laughs> we'll be okay. I think that comes with experience too. I also want to say when you mention um, like people being younger, I also want to say too, like also just people who are earlier in their yes. careers, which might just be like someone who's older, but then transitioned to, it's so like not related to age, but more related to where are you in this current career? So like someone who's earlier in their marketing career, for example, and versus someone who's had a little bit more experience in their marketing career. Yeah, that's a great correction. I think another part we haven't mentioned is also, we've had this conversation, at least between us, I don't remember if we've done it on the show, where like marketing and PR are not the same thing and they're pretty different. And when you're doing one or the other, I feel like you understand by stepping into this other aspect, how different it is from your current role And then if you work with someone who does that really well, it's almost like you understand better that that is its own skill and you respect that in its own right. Yeah. But like when you're younger, you don't necessarily understand all these nuances, like what's the difference between PR, marketing and SEO and social media and, you know, all the million other little jobs and like content production and all that. Whereas like if you just work in marketing, you think you have to do everything and you have to understand everything. But as you're older, you're a little bit like, oh, SEO is not my strength. I'll let someone else do that. That's true. Yeah. Older or more experienced in the area. Yeah. Or more experienced. Yeah. Yeah. I feel like a lot of it comes down to experience. Mm-hmm. In And also, I think actually meeting people and knowing people, I think that's a huge, huge, huge part of it. Because when you... I am lucky because I have worked with really, really, really talented people over the years. And they are talented at different things. And sometimes when I see them work, I'm like, I have none of those skills. (laughs) (laughs) Like just zero. Like I could not do, like we could not switch seats metaphorically, you know, for a day because I would just, I would just not even know where to begin. But like, I think when you, when you see other people work up close and you meet other people, you get a better sense of all the, all the different parts that it takes you know to do something yeah yeah that's very true it's very true I'm just reflecting back now to when so when we recorded episode nine and I don't know I do remember having so much imposter syndrome at work just stemming from thinking that everyone that I work with is amazing and that I was like (laughs) definitely no way in no way like even deserving of like being on the team that was an issue that I would have sometimes I think the other issue is also when you have more experience is that you see all these people you super idolize when you're, you know, less experienced (laughs) do mistakes all the time and they (sighs) don't do things perfectly either. Even if they do things really well, it's not to say that it's without mistakes or it's always on time or, you know, things like that. You start to see the cracks a little bit more. Yeah, that's a good point. It's like, again, you like the more you see of someone, the more you can see like, oh, yeah, this this wasn't perfect. Like here was an area and yeah, that definitely makes it a little bit easier to be like, okay, I'm not trying to hold myself to like the highest standard in the world. Yeah. My mom, I don't know if I told the story on the podcast. I don't even know if I told you this. My mom used to make fun of me because I, you know, all through my education, I did this. I would always compare myself to the best, 
in each subject. Mm. Have I told you this? I, you have told me this, but I don't think it's been on the show. Okay, yeah. So this was especially fun when I was in school with a guy that joined the Olympics math team. Oh. Which flew to, you know, Japan or somewhere. I don't know where they went to do math. There are, yeah, news. There are math Olympics. I so he had no idea. <laughs> yeah, so he did that. Another person, and I, I'm not one for name dropping, but I feel like in this case it's okay, is um, Annie Mistthodistotir, who is also known as Thoris daughter or something in English who is has been the fittest woman alive like twice or three times oh, and it's yeah like a, I know who that is <laughs> yeah she has like a million followers on Instagram and she uh is a CrossFit personality and I did gym with her for four years and <laughs> that was great fun and so I would be like I am not as good as gym as she is and then I would sit next to my other friend and be like I am not as good at math as he is oh my goodness and I yeah. would do that and then I don't know what kind of a super school I went to where everyone was somehow on this exceptional level but somehow that was the case and my mom kept trying to tell me she was like you're being unreasonable <laughs> like you can't be better at, like you can't pick the best person in the world, in some cases, to then measure yourself up against, but not measure yourself up against them as a whole person, but only in the thing where they exceed above all else. She was like, that's just a little bit yeah. unfair. And I was like, I didn't get that. It took me like a decade to internalize that and understand that. So, yeah. Yeah. I feel like the comparison game is, I mean, just really terrible. All, all around, all around. like compare thumbs down. Just all around. There's never a good time to play the comparison game. Maybe it shouldn't be called a game. I don't know. It's like a game where you always lose. Yeah, and it's like gambling. It's the comparison gambling. <laughs> the house like always comparison gambling. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, I I remember really vividly. So I used to do. I currently you know, more recently did Brazilian jiu-jitsu, but I used to do Japanese jiu-jitsu and it's a whole other story. But there's, the reason this is important is there's a different way that you line up Brazilian jiu-jitsu. You don't really line up very often for things. They're a little bit more <laughs> casual. Sometimes you do, but sometimes you don't. Anyways, there was a specific way you would line up in Japanese jiu-jitsu that was by belt rank. Okay. And oh, God. so if you're starting out, oh you're lining up at one end <sighs> and everyone else is the <sighs> other, is like ahead of you, right? So it's really easy to physically and you know what actually I think that's unfair there are a lot of Brazilian jiu-jitsu gyms where you would line up by belt also just not all of them it tends to be more casual mm -hmm. anyways so you have a physical marker where you stand in line is how you compare to everyone else oh god this of is everything I hate about sports literally on the mat oh god I'm like no. you're literally standing in line of like am I and then some people like you know you have little you have um, stripes on your belt. Mm -hmm. So if like if I have two stripes and one person has one stripe, I have to look, you know, I have to see their belt and see that they have one stripe, know that I have two stripes and then step in front of them oh, for like, oh, no, God. I have more than you. Oh, God. And so I hate this. Um, I hate all about it. <laughs> is it stressing you out? Yes. <laughs> so I feel like I'm getting like I a panic like attack been, over here. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I've been contemplating the comparison game for a really long time because I've been in jujitsu for so many years. Yeah. And Japanese jujitsu before Brazilian. 
I'm back like way back when I first started and I was like literally the last one in line. Oh, like the, Or the first one, if you want to look at it that way, but like pretty much the last one in line. The first at um, not being thing, good at jujitsu. <laughs> the first at being the newest. Um, you start all the way at the end. Oh, what and if, I remember the What if somebody then just who, joins and they're newer and then they become better? God, no, it's crushing, Hailey. <laughs> oh my gosh, no, hold on. Don't think about this too soon. But essentially, don't think about it too deeply. Okay. Essentially, the... So the black belt at that school that I went to where I first trained jujitsu, I remember really vividly at one point he was like, don't look down the line. Don't look up mm. the line. Don't look around. This is just how we organize ourselves mm -hmm. so that we can have some sort of form of structure. Like do not look at other people as your marker of progress because you are always going to lose that way. Like it's always going to be terrible. Yeah. Just look at yourself. You know where you're at. You know what your skill level is and just focus on your yourself instead of focusing on how other people are doing. And so that was many, many years ago. So I've had the opportunity to sort of like continue to reflect on that. I think about that a lot sometimes. I think about like the don't look up the line, don't look down the line and don't compare yourself that way. And so I kind of like repeat that to myself sometimes of like, okay, don't, don't do that because that's not healthy. But I think that a lot of imposter syndrome stems from that comparison of like, mm. oh yeah, I... I'm not as good as this other person that I'm following. And I feel like now I'm better at not looking up and down the line in my career and being like, oh, that person's like one step ahead of me or that person's one step behind me. And instead just being like, oh, I really love that this person does this. Like, that's awesome. I'm going to keep that person in mind for future things. Or I'm going to like something that I definitely do is I career follow people. Like I just have Mm -hmm. all sorts of private Twitter lists or like private lists on my own end where I just save LinkedIn profiles that I really like or I like save the the Twitter profiles of people that I really admire and I can just follow along with them that way. So instead of it being a detractor, like, oh, I'm not as good as this person. Now I find it a little bit more motivating and inspirational. I'm like, oh, wow, this person's amazing. Maybe I can follow them and like learn a little bit from them as well. So it's really interesting to see that flip also throughout my career. Yeah. And I feel like in my industry, because I mean, I always did this, but I feel like it's just so much more formalized now where I talk to artists about building their brand and building them up because the reality of the situation is when you do music or any kind of creative endeavor, you're very often, it's very easy to rank. We were talking about the charts before. Music is all charts. You have monthly listeners on Spotify. You have followers on Instagram. Like these things are very easy to measure. And obviously everyone's dream is just to be more and more and more, more listens, more followers, more everything. And I was kind of lucky enough, I got to speak to um, just recently uh, a group of like, we have like this battle of the bands in Iceland, but it's like a real opportunity for people. And I got to speak to all the finalists. So cool. It was super fun. I don't think I was like able to, you know, I don't think none of them are going to internalize it, but I was trying to imprint that like, there's so much freedom in still being a small artist because you can do a complete 180 you can develop yourself you can uh, make changes you can post something that is stupid and not the entire internet is going to screenshot it and share it and make it trend for like a week like none of that happens <laughs> when you have 500 followers that just doesn't happen so that because i've heard from people people who have a lot of followers like it is always seen as a good thing but it is also scary like it is also it comes with a lot of responsibility and i think Like growing organically is actually great because it means when you're going to the next step, you're ready for that next step. Like you, yeah, you are able to take on the responsibility of like 
like, I don't know if you want to talk about it, but like for us, like we've grown the show super organically. And like now, I mean, we're charting podcasts now. Like we are, (laughs) we have pretty, I mean, it hasn't been perfect over like COVID times, let's be real. But like in general, we have good processes. We know how to work with each other. So now we're able to like take it to the next step. We're like ready to reach out to sponsors. We're ready to take the show because we wouldn't have been ready for that on episode four. Like we just... Right. That would have broken, like that would have broken us because we were still figuring out how to do the show. So all these additional layers, they would have just been too much and it would have been. So I feel like that's the other thing is like, especially in anything creative, it's so easy to see what success looks like because that's everywhere. But there's actually great to be where you are at like like because that's the level you're ready for because the higher levels are not i mean if you're black belt in jujitsu like you also get more scary competitors (laughs) you know (laughs) that that you're not ready for so i think that's something i've really been able to think about a lot recently and i think it's so great to also just be like this is where we are and i'm so happy for that level like that's where I feel comfortable and I'm ready for it you know yeah yeah no I completely agree I absolutely love this I feel like it's been a really positive shift in our careers and then just also in our like the way that we approach things Mm -hmm. our approach to how we think about ourselves how we think about our work and yeah not having as much imposter syndrome it's great it's also just so weird because then I think it's it only, <laughs> but it only tracks to a certain point because oh yeah, <laughs> as soon as you're then in a slightly new situation, it's like oh great we're back in the imposter syndrome. <laughs> like that happened to me this week. I was suddenly like I don't know if we're allowed to talk about it yet, so I'm not gonna dive into details. But you know, there's something coming, and I was like oh I feel <laughs> good with the show. I feel good with my work, and then there was this other thing, and I was like. <gasps> Haley, you're going to have to help me through this. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like it's probably like cyclical. We're not really saying we're never going to have imposter syndrome again. We're yeah. just more so saying like we've grown out of like this portion of imposter syndrome and we're a much better place. And like the next part, the next time that we would ever have imposter syndrome, it would be very difficult because now we've like unlocked this it would be, or it'd be very different because we've unlocked this first level. Like we've worked through this first level or yeah. however many levels this has been. At the so speed of life. levels will be easier. <laughs> Three years later, we're having another conversation. <laughs> yes, we are. Yeah. Quick as a flash, we are on the imposter syndrome front. <laughs> and then it's back this again. This is fast follow-up. <laughs> yeah. Almost 30 episodes later. Great. Yeah, we're going super quick. But yeah, I think, but it's really, we're, because I think, with things like this is I think it's also similar if you've gone through like a dark time in your life and then you're out of it even if it comes again you know like you know you're able to get to the other side of it and I think like imposter syndrome is probably going to be a little bit like that so even if it like creeps up on us again which it probably will and it already has it's something that we are like okay this is just a part of it and hopefully one day we won't feel as like everyone's going to find out about us. Yeah. I also feel like the sort of like undercurrent to this conversation mm-hmm. is also that we've both done a lot of work identifying what are our strengths 
Yeah. And what are our weaknesses? I feel like that's an even harder one. Mm-hmm. To, so this is why I was mentioning weaknesses earlier mm-hmm. is I feel like I have a really good grasp on what my weaknesses are. So it's almost like now when I'm taking on new projects or I'm taking things on, I know exactly what are the areas that I am the strongest at mm-hmm. and what are the areas that I'm not very strong at. And I don't know if we actually have time for this <laughs> or if like this is the moment that we actually want to do our entire conversation, but you've done the strengths finder quiz. I feel like that was really insightful to me also. Yeah, we're going to, maybe we should put that on the schedule to talk about it. I feel like we've just mentioned we will talk about it, but yeah. And yeah, I, I also we need th- to have that discussion. But I actually also think our working relationship has been so eye-opening probably for both of us because we've it's so clear when we work when we work with each other like where there's a natural fit for you or me to do like to lead a certain part of the project so yeah i think this is not as trivial to get to because also we are coming at this whole project as friends so we are mm-hmm. also happy to work out like okay how can we make this work for both of us yeah but i don't know necessarily if it's as friendly and like a formal work situation sometimes. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I think there's like a couple of other elements there. But yeah, definitely for us with like working on the show together, that has been, that has been really cool to just sort of get to that place where we're both like, okay, you take this, I take this. And we know exactly why each of us is taking this one. We don't have to go through a bunch of like, oh, well, I don't know if you would be up for it. I think that (laughs) your strengths would like maybe be a little bit better for this one, but I can take it if you don't want to. (laughs) Like, I feel like we just don't have that conversation anymore. No, and also just the confidence then translate into other parts where it's like, yeah, this is not my strength. Let's get someone else to do it. And the other thing as well, I feel like I've also learned is like, not even am I able to do it, but would this be a priority for me to do it? Because Mm. time becomes a very real constraint. (laughs) And so there are multiple projects at work. I know I would be great at doing. I would do them really well. And I could absolutely do it, but it's just like I, I'm not able to make it a priority because I have other things that I'm just always going to prioritize over these things. And when you say it like that, it's like, OK, is it worth doing? Yes or no? And if the answer is yes, we're just going to have to find someone else to do it. And I think that's also just a clarifying conversation to be able to, to realistically be like, I will not be able to take this project on at all because of time. Yeah. Yeah, that's really true. I'm in that place also right now where I am not able to take on certain things that I know I could do and I could do well, but it's like I don't have the time to do all of these mm-hmm. in all these different areas. So then having the confidence to outsource that and say like, I know exactly how this needs to get done or why this is important. I can write up a brief about like how someone else could do this. Mm-hmm. I just can't do this mm-hmm. is like definitely an interesting place to be at as, as well. Yeah. I feel like also that quality <laughs> of just being really like, I'm going to do this and this and this and not this. Is that so like, a, I call it like a mom quality. <laughs> I feel like almost all of my friends who are parents, they talk about this is like when, because sometimes they have to work like slightly shorter hours because they have to pick their kids up from school or something like that. And I hear unanimously from all of them and they're like, I still get the same stuff done. It's just like, I'm not on that extra half an hour on Facebook. Like the time that gets (sighs) cut is like this disposable time. And it's just like a hyper focus on like exactly the work. I I don't know if you relate to this, but I feel like I've heard this from so many parents where it's like 
you don't have disposable time, so you just have to be very effective with it. Yeah, I feel that very strongly. That, And I definitely thought I was effective before, and I probably was <laughs> effective before. But then now it's like, okay, I need to operate within these really specific bounds of when I have childcare. Mm -hmm. And yeah, you better believe that I am like absolutely <laughs> getting everything done that is super important during that time and not like messing around because the, there is no like, oh, hold on, I just need an extra half hour. Like, no, I... That is the time that I have childcare and then it's over. And so if there's something that needs to get done while I am in that moment, like it just, it definitely does get done. That has absolutely been a shift for me. I heard people talk about this and I was like, no, I'm pretty efficient right now. And then now I'm like, okay, no, I was definitely really efficient. So it's not that like no one is efficient unless they've had children, but it's more so like there's just a different energy and a pressure on you when you are working within the bounds of like, when am I actually available and when am I my primary, when is my primary job caring for my child? <laughs> and then I'm like not as available. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Sort of unintentionally, I love that this is here. We have a shout out to Jamie, mm -hmm. who is our 500th Twitter follower. And I just think that's, you know, it's unintentional. We weren't meaning to add that specifically to this episode about imposter syndrome, but I just feel like that's really cool. Like it, you know, we've definitely had a lot of imposter syndrome about building up social accounts mm -hmm. for the podcast and just like the podcast in general mm -hmm. over the years. And that has felt a little bit better. And then we also just reached this milestone recently where we had someone become our 500th Twitter follower. So thank you, Jamie. Shout out to you. Yeah, that is super cool. I feel like, oh, I can't believe we didn't touch on this in like the main part of the show. But I feel like the whole imposter syndrome with the podcast is such an interesting thing because okay where am I gonna start this like this just happened to me I feel like for us like this week because I had to write something together and I ended up having to write out that we had reached number one on careers in Iceland and then I also realized we had to hit like 500 followers on Twitter and then we were doing yeah. some numbers for something else and I realized we have listeners in over 60 countries and I was like, whoa. <laughs> Suddenly I was like, that is actually, like when you put all of these things together, I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> like we just have a show. Yeah. Like that's just the result. We're not just testing if we can have a podcast. Like we just have a show. Like that's just where we are. Yeah. Tying it back to that careers chart thing, which is really cool. But yeah, it's... um. No, I agree. We've had a lot of things happen recently that have sort of like cleared that out. <laughs> or we, you know, I think we've had a lot of things happen over the last couple of years that have cleared that out a lot in terms of just like feeling more confident in the show. But these milestones are still always really fun. Yeah, for sure. And 500 Twitter followers. I don't know why, but because I feel like a lot of people, they don't even get to 500 followers. And I love that. Like, I'm not judging, but I feel like 500, like that's, that's like a significant number, I feel like on Twitter. I appreciate all of you. Yes. <laughs> and I've noticed recently more Icelandic followers. And, you know, I can just tell based on their their names. And I'm like, that seems like someone who is in Iceland <laughs> for the most part. I think not all of them. But there are a lot that I'm like, oh, wait a second. I That that seems like someone from Iceland. So yes, we see you Icelandic followers and listeners. <laughs> I always appreciate when Icelandic people follow the show because I feel like I think they come from my part because I feel like Haley gets so many people from like the remote work. <laughs> world <laughs> sometimes Haley <laughs> does something and I just see like all the make work work followers go up and I'm like oh Haley was out there somewhere doing something <laughs> that's where all of that comes from <laughs> so I'm glad when we get a few Icelandic people uh from from my side I guess as well 
I like how you said you assume it was from you. Like, no, I'm just like secretly some large <laughs> presence in Iceland. And it's like, also, that's also from me. Oh, God. <laughs> Maybe that's the case. Maybe just no one likes me and everyone just loves Haley no. and Iceland. I'm kidding. Oh, my God. I'm gosh. kidding. That is not, that was, that is, it's definitely coming from you. <laughs> you can take credit for the Icelandic Twitter followers. <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Uh, okay, but in theory, speaking of Twitter, I actually want to say, and actually this ties in perfectly because what was really fun is last episode we talked a little bit, a fair amount about the playlists that I now work on. And I know Haley has a solid below medium interest in the playlist very supportive but just not particular very supportive <laughs> very supportive but just not it's not her that's not her realm it's not my realm but the listeners got really excited about it and that honestly just made my day that was amazing i we got a publicly shared screenshot from simon he was listening to our contemporary classical playlist which is i think really good and we we did the curation on it pretty recently it's like you know, just chill music you can listen to in the background, but it's also really high quality and everything. Um, but then I also just got like DMs where people were sharing so, like that they've discovered new artists from like the those playlists. And that honestly just means so much to me because that is like my whole job. So it was super, super cool to see that like people who follow the show were, you know, getting to know new artists from that and i yeah that honestly just made my day so thank you anyone who cares obviously if you don't care about it i don't care about like (laughs) like that is totally fine but i it just really meant a lot to me those messages i got so that was really sweet thank you yeah that was really sweet we also had another really sweet tweet that that i think really like meant a lot to you too happy i mean it meant a lot to me too but i feel like it just really like uh hit home for you in a way yeah, so we got a tweet from our very loyal, I might add, listener, Martin. He's, you know, we've been friends with him on Twitter for a long time now. And yeah, one of his comments was that, yeah, oh God, I didn't even realize he said my name specifically, but he was just saying that listening to our conversation sparked a new idea for a theme for, I'm guessing, next year for him. So, I mean, I think I... There's a little Twitter thread here. And I just said, like, I think uh, from the CGP Grey video where he talks about the theme, like the thing he talks about is like, you have to have it resonate with you. And I th- mm. I think that is the main thing. And I feel like from our theme conversation last time, what I took away from it is you were really happy with your themes. And I feel like it's because they really strongly resonated with, with where you are. And so, I don't know, for him to say that, like, our conversation was part of sparking something that resonated with him that was also just really special to me and I think both of us yeah thank you Martin thank you Martin wow we have like extra mushy themes today that's <laughs> that's cool oh and we have to shout out Jan yeah that is actually going to be mushy as well because I feel like we've we've made him work a little bit extra hard recently so extra shout out to Jan today and always extra shout out to Jan he yeah I think he's just one of those people, you know, those people in your life that you're just like, this person is just reliable. So and reliable. I 
trust them. Mm-hmm. I have a couple of like, you know, they're just, I was, I was talking to my husband about this recently too. So this is why this is on my mind. Just, you know, I trust them. I can like come to them with something and I know that they'll either have an answer or a thought, or they'll just be like open to sharing suggestions and honest with me. Mm-hmm. Jan is absolutely one of those people. I don't even, I've never even met him in person. <laughs> and I feel like I'm like, you know, <laughs> I feel very mushy about like how much Jan means to me in this show. <laughs> Honestly, it's, I think this is another dimension of just like everyone working remotely and being in like the globalization, all that. It's just, it's so weird to have these like deep feelings of trust, which I feel like I can meet someone every single day and I don't have deep feelings of trust toward them, you know, but then someone you only, and it's also like between you and Jan, Haley, it's not like you interact a lot, even as we produce the show, you know, so, so just have someone, but he's still so he does so much for us and he's like like you said so reliable and just so so talented yeah speak to young people if you need any audio stuff please if you need someone to mix your audio mm-hmm. go to wearelisteners.com get in touch with Jan. yes one of our favorite people <laughs> just say happy and Haley sent you uh i say yeah. you're like just write dear happy and Haley's favorite person that's how you should open that email <laughs> Jan will answer. He'll totally be like, oh, yeah, uh, that's me. I'm sure Jan answers all the emails he gets. So he's very reliable and on point. Okay, so is that the... Have we said reliable (laughs) enough times? (laughs) You said it and I was like, that's the exact correct word to use. So I'm just taking it. (laughs) I'm just taking it. This is how politics work. You just pick the word and then you just say it again and again and again until that's what people associate with it. That's, That's how politics work also. That's how politics work. We're back to <laughs> politics, which, you know, my campaign to change the year to 13, 28, 13 months of 28 days has not ended yet. So, yes, we're going to okay, we're going to work on a slogan for you for that. I, I Let me we'll work on a slogan. Let me get some campaign ideas for you. Ready? OK, yeah. Get back to me with that. Let's, just, let's follow up. Let's circle back on campaign ideas for <laughs> what was your for title? My political. What was your title? Uh, I, I was going to be chief operating officer earth <laughs> can someone please create that artwork so we can share it on twitter <laughs> i need that i need like a Haley with like a political banner you know when it says like oh the two gosh. names and then it has the 2020 but like obviously that is no longer the year so like 2022 or something yes let's get on this <laughs> <laughs> let's get on this i you know i was voted in high school this is not going to surprise you at all i was voted most likely to become prime minister <laughs> Which is, you know, in Canada, they have a prime minister. Why are you not a prime minister of Canada, Haley? I mean, primarily because I don't live there and anymore. And also because I don't want to be in politics. (laughs) See, I get how like none of politics would be cool, but the prime minister seat would still be cool. So you just need to find a way to like not have to do all that other stuff and just go straight for the prime minister I'm sure there are no problems. Straight into decision-making mode. (laughs) And then first order of magnitude is going to be, we're doing a new calendar. And then everyone's going to write articles. It's like, Canada is so groundbreaking. And everyone is going to follow. This would just be (laughs) the lead on Canada. This is just a big PR campaign for Canada. That's like truly my life's work is just, it's a big PR campaign for Canada. (laughs) I mean, okay, I have to tell you this. So... I, I swear I use the word Iceland in every single tweet I do for work. I don't even try. <laughs> and I know this because on the Iceland music Twitter account, even though it has quite a lot of followers, I don't know who those followers are because it's confusing to me. 
But every time I tweet something that has the word Iceland in it, it gets two immediate retweets from like one account that's called Cool Iceland and another account that's called like, something else Iceland that is like discovery things. Just like bots. Yeah, just like bots. And I think they search for if you use the word Iceland in it or something. And I'm like, oh why do all my tweets have the word Iceland in it? But I can't help it. <laughs> it just, it's just right there. So yeah, so... Uh, your job is to promote Canada and my job is to promote Iceland. Those are the real hidden agendas of our entire paths. You're going to the US, I go into the UK, but it was just uh, it was just to hone our skills before our real purpose. Yeah, it was really just a, a super elaborate <laughs> PR campaign by our governments. Yes, we're plats. <laughs> we're plants. I am on the ground in the US. Constantly telling people about Canadian healthcare, <laughs> kindness. Yes, I feel like maple syrup. You know, some people related to you know important parts of the U.S. government. So I mean, it's not crazy. Just saying. I mean, yeah. Wait a second. <laughs> that is not crazy. <laughs> okay, we're, we're gonna uh, leave people yeah. hanging. My dream job, though, is COO, comma Earth. That is an excellent title. Because also, if you think about it, you don't actually have to go through the politics to achieve that title. You can just... Wait, Ailey, can we make that your title at the Make Work Grow LLC? (laughs) (laughs) I am... Yeah, I feel like that's not one of those titles that you get elected to. I mean, I don't know. No. I feel like you could just kind of take you just it. become it. It's not really an elected position. <laughs> if we've learned anything in the last little while, it's that c- corporations don't have to follow rules. So this is the path you become. This mm. is the title you get through our LLC. I'll allow it. And then... <laughs> okay, you'll allow it. I'll allow it. Perfect. <laughs> I'm actually the only... Uh, what is the word? Gatekeeper on this. Shareholder. <laughs> no, because I could block it as a... Uh, so, yeah. So I'm actually the only gatekeeper to your uh, time. Perfect. Yes. And I, I approve. Okay, great. Yeah. I'm just going to go update my LinkedIn. <laughs> yes. I swear, I wonder if you would update it. How long would it take? How long would it take for it to become a problem? Oh, I mean, I don't know. Probably... Very soon after, when someone looks at my LinkedIn profile to get in touch with me for work, and they're like, huh, that's weird. Okay, I feel like it's only a problem if you work in PR. So that is, but for any other person that doesn't work in PR, I feel like you could get away with that and nobody would notice for a really long time. And like, especially in tech where people are just constantly coming up with like funny titles or not very serious titles for the work that they do. I'm sure that it would kind of be like, eh, whatever. But I am in a lot of conversations where people end up looking at my LinkedIn profile to yeah. decide whether or not it makes sense for them to interview me and things like that. So I can't really do yeah, that. So you can't do it. My, but, my boss would probably do it. He has like, did I? Yeah. He would put it on a name card, wear it to Germany. <laughs> yeah. So he would probably do it on his LinkedIn. Did I tell you when he super carefully is like rejecting invitations from people who want to connect with him on LinkedIn? Because it's like, hmm. oh my gosh, <laughs> I don't know if we're close enough for this. And I'm like, you can approve anyone on LinkedIn. That is not, it's fine. Yeah, there's no way. Are we close enough? It's LinkedIn. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I mean, they're definitely cautioning you towards accepting total strangers because then the DMs are just, sometimes people just right. do it so they can message you and then. It's just like, that is a problem. Yeah, that's a whole other wormhole. Let's not get into that. That's no. depressing. I think we should just skip. And uh, we leave all that for next episode or future episodes or just no other episodes. 
or no other episode. Yeah, okay. Why don't you just take us there and then I can jump in. Okay, perfect. Oh, I love I'm when sorry, you just, just like... lead the episode. Then I'm just sitting here. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, you I was thinking like about... you don't do very much. <laughs> you do lots. Yeah, I feel like for different episodes, this may be different. I've noticed sometimes on the episodes, like sometimes I know how to set up the topics. But I feel like for mm-hmm. this episode, mm-hmm. I was just like, oh, thank God, Haley knows where to take this. Because I was just, the framing was not clear to me. But I feel like, yeah, I'm happy with it. Yeah. So definitely appreciate I feel the that. same way. Okay, that's good. Like so. sometimes you take over and I'm like, oh, thank God. I don't know how to get into that one. <laughs> that actually so. is a perfect addition to the conversation we just had. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Oh my goodness. But we're probably going to cut this yeah. part. Uh, yeah. Well, I hope so. <laughs> yes. Uh, unless I find like a okay. snippet of it that's funny. Okay, so why don't you just take us away? I'm just going to sit here. Yeah. Not do a whole lot. 